Socialites, and welcome back to another episode of the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where I study being social by being social. Today's episode is brought to you by Caffeine because your boy is fully caffeinated, and I think I'm about to explode. And by explode, I clearly mean shit in my pants because um, that's what coffee and all other foods in general do to me. I have to start this episode off by giving a huge thank you to Jeff. You guys may or may not know Jeff. He's been on the podcast a few times. Jeffrey Michael Holloway is my tour manager, but he's way more than that. He does so much for the biz and for everything behind the scenes that you guys don't see. And he just does so much for me. And last weekend show... The, the Back to School Virtual Comedy Show was a huge hit. Huge hit. It was such a huge hit that we got greenlit to do another one. Stay tuned for details on that. But it was such a huge hit that we get to do it again, which is amazing. And I could not have done it without Jeff. So, Jeff, I know you listen to the podcast. Just wanted to say thank you. And here's a little message from me to you. Dear Jeff, thank you so much for helping me with everything that you do. I really appreciate the things you do, like running around backstage sweating your ass off to make sure that nobody is in the dressing room as I'm getting ready to perform the show. I appreciate you carrying 45 tons of merch, a step and repeat, and lights across the country to make sure that our meet and greets go well after the show. I am also very grateful for that one time that you had to flush my poop in Melbourne because I pooped right before going on stage and the water pressure in the nightclub was far too low to flush my wee little turd. Thank you for handling that and thank you for handling all things that are Mr. D media. You are the wind beneath my wing. Emphasis on beneath because I am the queen and you are the sorry people. Thanks, Jeff. You guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but as I told you before, my mom is a like beyond super fan of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. If you're into that sort of thing, we're going to be doing Bachelorette recaps for this upcoming season that will be on the podcast. They will be coming out every Wednesday, the day after the episodes air. Get our hot takes, get my mom's hot takes, because let me tell you what, that 65-year-old woman has a lot to say about the millennial dating scene. Ooh, wow. Does she have a mouth on her? That little meatball can't run, but she can jabber, jabber, jabber. Let me tell you that. Today, I had to teach her how to like get ready to film, do a record a podcast because she's filming it from Michigan. I'm filming it from Washington. We're very far apart. Holy shit. Oh my God. I have like so much respect for Every single like overseas telemarketer who calls in and has to get people hooked up on technology. 
the things that she was saying, I couldn't believe it. I was like, mom, go click file save. She's like, it's not there. I'm like, woman, it is there. It is there. I can see your screen. She argued with me about everything, which I was just like, no, go with the flow. Make it happen, Cap'n. And then she had the audacity to say, well, what do you think I am, stupid? Yes. No. Yes, I do. No, I don't. I don't think you're stupid. I don't. I don't think you're stupid. I just think you have some learning to do. And lucky for me, I was a teacher for so long, so I can teach you these things. Not lucky for you, that did nothing for my patience. So we're going to try. Just, you know, roll with the punches. Stay tuned because the episodes are coming out. We have our first one is coming out the first week of October. It's going to be like a preseason thoughts and predictions. You'll like it. Other things I got to tell you guys, I fell down the weirdest, weirdest, weirdest rabbit hole this week. Went down a rabbit hole of people who live their lives as animals. Like legit. There's this girl on TikTok who lives her life as a dog. She wears a dog collar. Her boyfriend feeds her out of a dog bowl. She eats it. She gets frustrated. So she like chews up the toilet paper. And then he has to like, he rolls up. I'm not shitting you. He rolls up a newspaper and like bops her on the nose. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm literally about to call the ASPCA on this guy. I'm pissed. But it's not even a dog. It's a girl. And she's like young too. She's got to be like 22. And she's doing this shit. I'm like, girl. Have some dignity. Get off your all fours. You are not a dog. You are a human. Enough. I will not stand for this buffoonery. And I'm, I'm literally saying these things out loud to my phone as I'm watching it unfold. And then it gets worse. They do this shit in public. They went to Chipotle. He walked her in on a collar and she walked in on all fours. And then she like whimpered at his feet. For him to like feed her. So he like gave her a little bit of his Chipotle. The store manager had to come out and say, we are in public. She's on the floor during a pandemic. A pandemic. I am done. I am done with that. Do not. Do not. Okay. You are not a dog. But then I did a little bit more research on this girl. Because I'm like, she doesn't stop. She's just going, 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 going. I think this might be some weird sexual thing. They didn't have sex. They didn't They didn't have dog sex. There was no, like, from the naked eye, there was nothing sexual about it. But you kind of got this weird, like, fetishal, fetishal, we'll make a word, fetishal, like, awakening that, like, some people probably get hard from watching this. I am not one of those people. Let's set the record straight. I'm not one of those people, but you could just tell that some people do. So I'm like, I bet this bitch has a fucking OnlyFans. And I say bitch because that is what you call a female dog. She's playing the part. I don't use it in a derogatory sense. I'm using it very scientifically at this moment. I look this bitch up on OnlyFans. Sure enough, she's on there. And she's a top earner on there. She's got the badge. She's got the everything. I do a little research. Bitch is fucking making six figures off these videos acting like a dog. What? 
Are you shitting me? I did not spend 10 years of my life shifting the future of America while living at home for half of that, being late on my car payments for the other half, scraping by to pay my rent and spending whatever I had left over on alcohol, clearly for you to be a dog on the internet. I'm sorry, what? The world is literally ending. Like I thought I had seen it all. I thought 2020 had already ended. I thought we were done. And then here comes this human dog woman. And then it gets worse. And then I start wondering, I wonder if there's people who think they're other animals or is it just dogs? What the hell is it? There is this convention in New Orleans, you guys. I, I, do, I can't make this shit up. It's a friggin' convention competition thing where people dress up like ponies and like race around all these equestrian tracks and shit. They like pull chariots and like people will sit in the chariots. You guys, they have friggin' hooves on their hands and their feet. Their hands and their feet. If I had a child and I saw them in their 20s and they had hooves, I'd be like, we are getting you an exorcism. Okay, what is this? What is happening? Why is there a horse tail, but the end of this is a butt plug? I'm confused. And then I watched. I watched them do the horse racing. I am not even exaggerating. They make fucking horse noises. They make horse noises. There was this guy getting ready to race. He friggin' shushed his face back and forth and went, I was like, no, no. This man thinks he is a horse. He thinks he's a real horse. Somebody get this man an apple and like half of a pumpkin or something. Whatever horses eat. If I was five years old, I would be like, is he a horse? Like that's, that's how well they do this. And this competition happens every year. And you bet your ass I'm going. I'm fucking going. And if they tell me I have to be in like full-blown horse, I'm going as a friggin' unicorn, bitch. I'm going to show up with fucking wings. They'll be like, you're not a horse. I'm like, I'm fucking Pegasus. I am the horse of horses. Back the fuck up. I'm about to win all these things. I'm literally going. I have to. The one reason I am scared, though, is because the horse people. Okay, so the dog people were not like I told you, I didn't see sex when I looked at it. The horse people, the horse people. Oh, the horse people were some sex. That was that there was sex in those those hooves. Okay, because their horse costumes, it's not like, you know, the school play and some the two people got to play the horse. Someone's the head and someone's the ass. It wasn't like that. It wasn't some felt holiday who be whatty. No, no. It was like leather harnesses, straps, a lot of black, a lot of that, a lot of a very, um, very BDSM type feel. And you bet your ass they had that little horse. I, I think they call it a bridle. I could be wrong. But they had that little horse thing in their mouth so you can control it. I'm not a horse person. I didn't grow up on a damn farm. I don't know. Let's, let's look it up. Horse mouth thing. I fuck, it is a bridle. Holy shit, how'd I know that? Do they, these people are wearing fucking bridles. They're wearing them in their mouths. Now that is some sex shit if I didn't even know. God damn. Well, 
fell down that rabbit hole really quick, and now I know way too much about dog and horse people. Hold on to your seats, folks. Told you it was about to get weird. Uh, before we get into the episode, I have a few questions from the listeners. Let's get into those real quick. Anna Johnson. Hi, Anna. Let's see where you're from. Anna Johnson from Jackson, Alabama. Hey there, Anna. Anna says, I'm a high school teacher in charge of homecoming. What's your favorite dress-up day? And what was your favorite memory from homecoming high school in general? Uh, my favorite dress-up day was mismatch day because I went all out, like all out. I looked like a damn party clown, okay? And I remember I went so all out that this one stupid ass teacher, I'll never forget, like stopped me in the hall and she was like, you need to go change. It's mismatch day. Your clothes are supposed to be mismatched, not hat day. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm fucking owning spirit day. They should literally call it Joey's day because I got this shit and you're going to stop me in the hall for the hat? Try again. The hat makes the outfit. So that was my shit. My favorite memory from homecoming, though, was when I was a sophomore, a sophomore, our homecoming theme was circus. Now, let me tell you what. You guys don't know this. I'm like Mr. Student Council. Oh, yeah. So much so that I was on the state board for the state of Michigan. I was center nine rep which means that ya boy ran all the student councils of Macomb and Oakland County, honey. Center 9 rep couldn't mess with me. So whenever the student council president or class president at our high school tried to tell me what to do, I was like, actually, I'm a state representative. So I'm going to tell you what to do. Kippish! Anyway, the theme was circus and being on student council you were also in charge of making the float so we made a float it was so badass it was a uh friggin carousel it was a carousel and each section had like a different animal as the like the one that you ride and this fucking thing like rotated it had lights it was amazing but the individual animals we found this really cool coloring book that had the animals that we wanted to use. So we blew them up using an old fashioned projector and then traced it out onto a piece of wood. Then we took it to our friend's house and like cut it out or whatever and then painted them all cool. Actually, our friend's mom, who was like a badass painter, she painted them all cool. One of the animals was a camel and I thought it was the coolest one. Like it was, it was one of the best ones for sure, <laughs> for sure. And we like finished the entire float. It was done. And it was like time to show our student council advisor and our principal. And the principal was there and we were like, look at this. And I was like, and look at this camel. Mind you, I was a bit of an like jackass in high school. Like I was the kid where you were like, oh, he's fucking around. Like he's doing too much. Like, I don't know if I should believe him or if I should ever. But I was super excited about this camel. I'm like, look at it. She takes a look at it and she goes, ooh. And I was like, that's a weird reaction. And then she goes, ooh, um, do we think, can we like take its hump down a little bit? And I was like, no, it, that's like the best part. It's like, cool. She's like, 
don't you think it's just a little bit phallic? And I had like no idea what phallic meant. So I was like, no, no, it's fine. She's like, yeah, okay. I'm not asking you. <laughs> we got to take that hump down. And I was like, okay. I went like on the school computer and looked up the word phallic and it was just like penis, 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 penis everywhere. I was in heaven. Um, and then I looked at the camel again and I was like, holy shit, this thing's hump looks like a big veiny girthy cock with a thick mushroom head. I was like, are you shitting me right now i didn't even see it the whole time i didn't even see it i didn't even see it that principal had to get her head out of the gutter anyway anna johnson thanks for writing in that was my favorite high school thing by the way you guys if you want to text in you can text me your questions to the pod text the word pod to 1313-251-1036 that's the word pod p-o-d 1313-251-1036 text me your questions or text me whatever you want and i'll text you guys shit too Lane Burner, Lane Burner from Cape Girard, 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 Missouri. Mo's Missouri, right? Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Anyway, Lane says, give me your thoughts on Tyra as the host of Dancing with the Stars. Did you notice that every single interview was directed back to her? Did you notice that she had no idea what to say? I'm so worried that this is the end. We need Tom and Aaron. Also, would you wear Johnny's pants? Ugh, Johnny's outfits are going to be amazing this entire thing. Yeah, hello. Um, Totally would. We do need Tom and Aaron back. Do I think it's the end? Unfortunately, yes. I do think the show has run its course. I think that we're, that old English guy not being there also gives it a very much of a different feel. I want him back. He's not. And we have Tyra. We no longer have Aaron and Tom Bergeron, which is sad. Okay, I'm not going to shit on Tyra Banks. Like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on Tyra Banks. Like, I think she's great. I just think she's intense. Like when she was like, I'm like, girl, this is like not the Victoria's Secret runway show again. And also I feel like we're having eye sex right now. Like I feel like your eyes are peering deep down into my eyes and it just travels all the way down to my urethra and we are having eye sex right now. Like that's where I am in quarantine. That when I lock eyes with Tyra Banks during Dancing with the Stars, that equals sex. It's a little too intense for me. Okay, I feel like we just need to like bring it back about 10 notches and just like be okay with it. However, huge kudos. I do think she's doing a great job. What a position to be in. Did you ever think about that? Like, big ass shoes to fill. This show's been around for forever and then they just throw you in there and on top of that, we're in a global pandemic. Damn, 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 damn. Tyra, just, you're doing great. A little less smizing and I just want to see like regular Tyra. That's what I think, Lane. Love you, girl. Thanks for writing in. Text pod one three one three two five one one zero three six. Would love to hear from you guys. Robbie Shot. Hi, Robbie. Robbie Shot is from Wenatchee, Washington. Hi, BB. Robbie Shot asks. Okay, here's a real question. Craziest fan interaction. Robbie, I have so many of them. Here's two. One time, I did a show, a comedy show, for a teacher convention. Uh, okay, backtrack that. A kindergarten teacher convention. All kindergartners, 100% kindergarten teachers. And 
did the show. It was fantastic. The drunkest audience I have ever had in my life were those kindergarten teachers. Wasted. Wasted. There's this one part in the show where I'm like, are there any blah, blah, blah out there? This woman fucking stood on her table. I was like, first of all, that bitch cut off. Second of all, um, four on the floor. That means all four of your chair seats on the floor, girl. Okay, get your damn friggin' heels off the table. Get down, get down, get down. So she gets down, whatever. The meet and greet happens. She comes to say hello. She's literally all over me. Like friggin' grabbing my butt, grabbing my cooter, grabbing my titties. She was just all over me. Lucky for her, I didn't mind. I was like laughing, but like, do you ever hear, have you ever heard the phrase, no zebras, no excuses? Like that is like, we, you know, when you like see like murder on the street or like something bad happening, it means like, don't be a zebra, go do something about it. Because apparently when there's a, I guess a herd of zebra and like one zebra gets taken down by a lion, the rest of the zebras just like crowd around and watch. I was in that situation. Like this woman's like grabbing my peachka, like my everything. And everybody else was just like, ah, like gawking. Like, what do we do? And I'm like, I don't know, but something would be good. That was wild. Um, and then another time in Cleveland, Ohio, good old Cleveland, Ohio. Love Cleveland, by the way. Still stand by the fact that I think it's the hidden gem of the United States of America. Cannot wait to go back. Shout out Cleveland. I'm coming back on my 2021 tour. Anyway, do the show. It's fantastic. I left my like overshirt on the stage, ran back to the dressing room to like get ready before my meet and greet, came back for the meet and greet. My shirt is gone. And everybody in the front row was like, that woman took your shirt. She's gone too. I'm like, what the hell? So I go and do a little rant about it the next day. I was like, I love you guys. Like, I'm so glad we're having so much fun. But if you're too th drunk to the point of stealing my clothes, like there is a line here and you just kind of did the, the friggin' vault across it. So this woman like writes me back and she's like, I'm so sorry. We are Catholic school teachers from blah, 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 blah. What is your address? We'll mail it back. Hell no. Am I giving you my address? You can keep it. All I said back was WWJD. You need to lay off the blood of Christ. Like, woo, girl. Goddamn. Saint whatever of where was I? Cleveland is looking down on you because he knew you did bad. It's okay. I forgive you. I do miss that shirt, though. They only sell them here in Seattle, and they're not making them anymore. It's waterproof. It rains here all the time. So you, you in a roundabout way, girl, you made me wet. Enough about me. I'm super excited for today's guest. It is Gunnar Dethridge from Project Runway. He was on season 10 of Project Runway and again came back to do All Stars, which is pretty amazing. And he's been up to some super cool stuff since. This guy blew my mind. Like, designing, it's friggin' art, you guys. It's insane. Found him on TikTok, come to find out, already a fan of mine and followed me. We connected, got to talking. I'm like, listen, I know my fans are going to love hearing from you. I got to get you on the podcast. He was sweet as pie, totally agreed. And he's been up to so much cool stuff. I cannot wait for you guys to hear from him. 
Here's a social studies podcast with Gunner Deathridge. Try to catch me howling at the from his car in Los Angeles. Are you in Los Angeles? I'm in Los Angeles, yes. All right, Gunner Deathridge. Gunner, hi. Hi, 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 how are you? Okay, um, are you aware of the fact that you have like the coolest name on the planet? Yeah, um, so I am aware of that because everyone makes me aware of that. Okay. Um, it is a real name, by the way. It is like my birth given name. Shut up. Uh, my brother's name is Gage, like on a gun. So my dad was in the Marine Corps. Okay. And Last name is of Belgian descent, um, although it's cool. Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I was not expecting you to say yes. And I'm oh so God, why? I'm just like some person that sits on TikTok making dresses. Like I'm not that. I'm not that special. Okay, <laughs> but before you were on TikTok, um, I'm not a. I'm not an avid Project Runway watcher, but I did. I do like dabble here and there, especially when marathons used to be on. Like especially when we were in college and stuff. So I definitely was familiar with you and your work, which is so. Cool. So like, how did that even happen? Like you were designing and you're just like, I want to do this or? Um, well, I was just, I was 21 when I did the show, which was like almost been 10 years ago. So I got on, I applied, not expecting to get on. Like I'm a completely self-taught designer. So like, I was you like, well. You've got to be kidding yeah, me. I've never had a lesson. Um, so I, I was just like, well, I'll apply to get on the show. It'll be fine. And then they accepted me. And then it was like, okay, cool. Well, I hope I can do this. And then they sent me home the first episode. And then I brought me back for season 10, which is where I got to like really compete. Um, so that's how it happened. Uh, the fate allowed me to get eliminated on television multiple times. Okay. And but- I loved rejection. But one of the, one of the, um, one of the auditions that you did was like filmed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was that like a callback? It was, yeah, it was basically the callback. So like after I did the interview, they were like, hey, we're doing like the legit callbacks in Chicago, which at the time I was living in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was like a six hour drive. So we drove up to Chicago and that's where we did the interview. And then it was like an instant yes? Um, no, it was more like it was one of those moments where I, I felt like I was not going to make it. Although oh. like, my mom ended up partying with Mondo in the lobby later that night. So like I was like, maybe there's a chance I'm getting on right now, but maybe not. I can't believe you were 21. Yeah, I can't either, honestly. Like, I see how, I see why they choose people that are so young because you're just like willing to do anything for that TV moment. And then you get that TV moment and you're like, oh, okay, I made a fool. Or like, you know, because like a lot of people will get on TV and just go like buck wild. So I just think it's too young to let kids on TV, honestly. Oh, I like that. Like, that's meta. At 21, like, you are definitely like just fresh into the world, like wide eyes. Oops, sorry, I dropped you. Wide eyes. Like, yeah, it's just too young, I think. Super impressionable. Totally. And when you've got producers that are like writing storylines about you, you're like willing to give in to them. Okay, I definitely want to talk about your talent for sure because you do blow me away. But let's go there for a second. So like, what's the tea behind being on reality TV? Like, do they, is it true that they like sequester you to your hotel room and basically treat you like you're working in a Nike sweatshop? Uh, not a Nike sweatshop. Cause it's, I think more glamorous and okay. it's a little, that's like sweatshoppy. Although they do turn the air conditioning off in the middle of summer because it makes noise. So it is hot. Um, I like when you first arrive. Okay. So I'll give you the play by play. Yes. Rush off the plane at, um, at LaGuardia because they won't, 
pay to fly you into JFK because they're cheap. And they put you in the back of a car service, which is actually just like a beat up old town car. And they dropped me in this hotel where there's just like random, like hipster looking people standing outside. And they're like, you. And then like you look around your neck and there's a picture of all the designers and their names next to them on their, their key thing around their neck. So they're like trained to know who you are, right? So you stay in this hotel, like if you need, if you're hungry, like you call down to the PO and you're like, hey, I'm hungry. And they place you an order. If I was at the time I was a smoker. So like the only time I could go outside is if I called them to ask to go down. Um, and you're just there for an unknown amount of time until they're like, hey, I need you to look really, put on like a really nice outfit. We're doing something today. And that's when they take you to do like your press photos and all of like the intro to the show. And you see the other designers for the first time, but you're absolutely not, not allowed to talk to them. Okay. So that, so that's true. Like when they do like the promos where you're kind of like doing the whole thing about like, I'm Gunner and this is what's about me. So you do see everyone else, but you have not filmed yet and you do not know anything about them. Yeah, absolutely nothing about them. Which is really wild because some of the people that I was judging so not harshly, but I was just like, I had such an idea painted in my head about them are actually some of my closest friends now. So it's just like really wild because you're like in this kind of Hunger Games environment where you're like, okay, let's do this. Like, I hope that I don't die first, you know? Now you did do fantastic though, too. One of the things that I remember you doing that blew me away was your candy dress that you did like did a lot of licorice and things. And it was, it was like a wearable garment. It was insane. Now it's so crafty. I like, I wasn't so versed in fabric at the time that I was like, I can do this. Like I'm crafty. I grew up on Martha Stewart. So I was like, this is my vibe. Okay. Well, that definitely showed, but where did your age like not play a factor to your competition where they just like, Oh my God, he's got it. So like him being 21 doesn't even matter. Um, I definitely was announced as like the baby of the group, which I think, and and then I was also announced that I I was self-taught. So I think really what happened is I was looked at as not competition in that way. Mm. I was kind of surprised that I made it. I mean, I didn't make it like incredibly far, but I made it more than halfway. I beat out nine people that went to college for this. So like, (laughs) I was like, I'm doing okay in some realms, you know? (laughs) You're doing great, girl. You're doing great cool enough for me. I got to show a fake collection at Fashion Week that they paid $10,000 for, so, which was the only payment I got from the show. Better than $0,000. 0000 So, you then film All Stars, and you take, did you take a little break when you moved to LA from, from designing for a little bit? Completely. I just didn't, I didn't sew at all. Um, I moved, well, that's a lie. I moved out here. My first job was working with a designer making Jesse J's World Tour outfit, and I found her on Craigslist. I knew, no, you did not. I, I, I knew nobody moving out here. So, but I knew that I had a little leverage in the sense that like my resume said Project Runway multiple times on it, you know? So I was like, I can probably get some kind of job, even if I'm working at a fabric store, which like life had much better uh, like alternatives for me. So I was like super grateful. But then my next job working from that was doing a custom garment with this designer for Mariah Carey's music video. Then I got pulled in to do Lady Gaga's Enigma residency in Vegas. And I I worked with Asher Levine who designed all of that. No, you did not. Right. And then I left that to work for a company doing art department, like designing the sets. And my first job working with them was Ariana Grande's Thank You Next as a decorator. So it was wild trajectory. So in this world, you lived in a pre-Rain On Me world and worked with both Gaga and Ariana. Did you, was there like any like Gunner Gaga contact at all? Yeah, yeah. I was there for fittings. You stop it. I was 
I was more, I have much more contact with Ariana, much more. Cause I did so many videos with her. I did thank you next. We did uh, seven rings. Like the company I worked for, it's called nomad art and design in LA. Mm-hmm. And they, they're like the best of the best with art department. So like, and seven and then, rings, that video for set one awards. Won best art direction for that. Congratulations. So, like, yeah. Thank you. It was really crazy. Um, but like working with them is nuts when you're in the presence of a pop star because everyone knows they're a pop star. Like that doesn't leave anyone's mind. Okay. So like, was it, okay. First of all, are you, were you a little bit starstruck or were you just kind of like, this is my job? I was starstruck with Lady Gaga, but I have to tell you the only person I have been legitimately starstruck by in Los Angeles. And it was a job I worked and this is going to be ridiculous. I don't know if you can curse on your podcast. Yes, we can. It was fucking ridiculous. But I got to work with uh, Chloe Lukasiak from Dance Moms and her mom, Christy. And I lost my mind. <laughs> and that's when you that's, lose your mind. I got excited to see. A star is born is standing right in front of you. And we're going to... Listen, though. Gaga, I met Gaga when I was in my early 20s because I remade one of her... I remade her meat dress and won a competition for at a radio station when I was like 20, maybe 20 years old and then got to meet her at the Monster Ball. So, like, I had met her previously, but, like, as a character, you know, not as, like, a professional. Fun fact, her meat dress is actually my number one look from Gaga. That's my number one. I love that look. Oh, my God. I wish I would have sent you mine beforehand. Me, too. I'm going to go look it up after this. I don't know if you can find it, but I will definitely email it to you because it's literally from, like, some random radio station in Kentucky from, like, years ago. Okay. Fun fact also, how we also have in common, I have also... Um, been starstruck by Dance Moms cast before. Oh, so this is going to be really crazy. So I was on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I was a guest on the show, did a whole thing. I feel like what happens to you also happens to me where people just want to know, like, is Gaga mean? And people always ask me, is Ellen mean? And I'm like, not to me. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm walking off of the, I'm walking off set and walking on set immediately was Maddie Ziegler. And I was like, Maddie, put me at the top of the pyramid. She's like, you're so funny. I would, I, so I did uh, a Sia video where Maddie was dancing and, and her mom was there too. Yeah. And the whole time I was, I was sitting on this blue, like blue screen mat on the floor while she's dancing like six feet away. So it didn't like pull out. And the whole time I was having this moment where I was like, I have watched you dance since you were a toddler, basically. And here's this like grown woman dancing in front of me. I was like, had this like proud moment where I was like, I shouldn't feel like I know you as well as I know you. I literally, I, that's how I feel like with reality people. Like, I feel like if I was in the presence of Gaga, I would be like, I need to know you as a person, right. but I don't. But, with but re- like, people you're like I kind of know everything about you like if you were to meet like a Kardashian you're like I know what kind of salad dressing you had today you know like you're aware of these small things literally and that's and that is exactly summarizing my interactions with reality people did you ever (laughs) watch the show Flavor of Love on VH1 um yes like years ago it like wasn't a favorite watched it yeah so I'm I'm originally from Detroit and I was in I was like maybe a sophomore junior in high school and delicious who actually ended up winning season one of that show was also from Detroit and she walked into a McDonald's as I was walking out and I like lost my shit and I was literally like 15 or 16 she handed me like her she had cards of herself in her but they were like postcards like she had after them for for her knowingly she was like signed it it was like her ass in this like tiny little thong and i brought it home to my parents and i was like look at <laughs> what does one win on flavor of love like you what win. is 
prize package. It, the, that prize is Flavor Flav. Gotcha. Just like and, all if, of- and if you're Tiffany Pollard, the prize is riding that wave for 15 years. I mean, and still getting a solid current from it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, um, I mean, there are people that have lucked into that wave too, you know? They deserve it. Like, if you're still riding it, you deserve it. I'm here for it. So then you went back to sewing. I do, so especially you started designing on TikTok. Yeah. Was that like your motivation? You're like, it's quarantine. Like, I kind of need to get creative here and just do it. Like, what happened? Well, I had sat stagnant in the beginning of quarantine for the first couple of weeks. And then I was just kind of like, I like, I'm losing my mind. I'm a very high energy person. I can't sit still. So like, and having worked like 18, 20 hour days on set, I was just like, I need something. And then my, I have this full sewing studio in my house. So I was watching TikTok and then I saw this girl, her name's Sarah Hambly, official Hambly. And she was making things and I was like, you know, she's getting this kind of attention on this app. She had like a million and a half followers at the time. I was like, I can do this. So I started making videos and then I, it got my instant, my first video I posted was like, not a dance video because that's not who I am. But it was like, it was kind of in the vein and I posted it and it got like five views. And I was like, this is not me. I deleted it. So then I posted like a hat making video and it got like 200,000 views, my first video, like real video. I was like, okay, cool. So people do want to see this. It, it was a weird, and it honestly, I didn't want to get back into sewing. I didn't expect to get back into sewing. And then all of a sudden I'm back sewing, like literally day and night. But now, I'm great for doing it. I found you on TikTok because of your hats that you were doing. And the one that caught me the <laughs> most, you did a checkered black and yellow derby hat. Oh yeah, yeah. And I actually, my partner, Morgan, he's like a self-taught, not, I won't say seamstress, sewer person. He's just like, a, he can make a good pillow. All right. All right. We're going to go for it. Um, but I told him how we can like rip the feathers off of a rooster feather and just have the fluffy tip. Oh, did it blow his mind? It blew his mind. And then I showed him the video. Now he's a big follower of yours now too. Oh, you you can also just rip one side of it off and cut the top and then it looks like a blade. <gasps> tricks with feathers and that's come that's from coming with uh coming from louisville kentucky from the derby it's you derby know, season like, do you have anything in store well i did two dresses my one of my best friends is the commissioner or not the commissioner she's the head of communications for the racetrack mm. so they didn't allow spectators this year there was also a massive black lives matter protest so it's like it was we kind of handled handled everything very gingerly um right. but one did for her i just posted it was like my fall like menswear meets women's wear look that was one of them i did for her very nice like, honestly, I mean, I love the sentiment of Derby. I get excited to kind of like go back home and do it. But like my life has personally kind of exploded in the best way. So I'm just kind of trying to like keep those pieces in the same roof. I like than that. Race across the country, you know? Right. And I like, I like how you, it seems like the things that you design, you're really designing for, for you right now and like what you like to make. And I really like how you, you're still kind of like challenging yourself by going to the party store and using unconventional materials. Well, which I really appreciate. One of the things that you did recently too that I really liked, God, was this recently or did you repost something? You redid um, Zendaya's purple and gold dress. Uh, Yeah, I did. That was kind of recently. That dress is kind of controversial in a weird way though. Oh, really? Why? I just said her name Zendaya and not Zendaya. Because I'm not like, I like pop culture, but I don't live in that world. I don't love and worship it. I actually watched that dress walk the runway before I saw her wear it, right? So it was like a dress I already liked. And then I was like, well, though, like everyone was asking me to make it. I got 
thousands of hate comments. I mean, like literally the comment section was so overrun with people just hating on me. Literally one bitch said, you could spend 35 hours sewing a dress, but not 35 seconds looking up how to say her name. <gasps> like, fuck you blocked. I've learned to stop <laughs> fighting kids. Cause like, that's not the place to do it. But like, it challenges me, especially when I'm a little drunk and I'm like, <laughs> let's go to town. Yes. I'm having I, an issue with that on TikTok currently. Yeah. Which is like, sometimes I have to check myself and be like, you're 30. You are drunk right now. Chill out. You know, like <laughs> 13, you know, like she is, I'm like tearing her down like 12 comments long. I don't need to be doing that. So um, before I let you go, I was very curious if you could kind of, okay, two things. I want you to do this for me. And then I want you to do this for the fan base. So me, 32 year old man who really like, I kind of just like wear what I like. It's very athleisure. I know I could use some pro tips. Like what's a simple pro tip that me and like, I want to use the word grungy don't yeah. really care men can use to like bump it up a bit um number one is find the right accessories because like you are a super like basic norm core outfit but like if you have a really great bag or if you have like really cool sunglasses that kind of fit that grunge vibe or like shoes even that are just kind of go-to even if it's like a regular sneaker but it's like it's got a cool kick to it i feel like those are great things because like you don't always want to accessorize if you're especially if you kind of like basic in the sense that like you don't like to put a ton of thought into like what you're wearing get good accessories that act as staples for your wardrobe and it'll carry your wardrobe for you i love that uh, and i'm going to do it now let's take that and do it towards the fan base so this is my fan base it is astronomically millennial women like at all of my live shows the clubs i always say like within 15 minutes of opening the doors, they're like, Joe, we're out of white wine. This has never happened before. So those are my people. Those are the listeners right now. Like what, what like pro tip can you give them that's like simple, but can kind of up it? Well, I, I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of a staple in general, mm -hmm. but like, I feel like the millennial girls are like really daring in a weird way. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, they like a, they like a trend in the best way. And I think that that's great. Um, I'm a big fan of going vintage shopping and incorporating vintage in, I think, especially for like young women, like why not bring a little funk in from the past to like kind of counteract the forever 21 H and M shit you get stuck buying, you know, like everyone falls into the Zara trap at least once. And <laughs> guilty too you know but like accident was something really rad that like no one else is gonna have and then your outfit's gonna feel different you know i'm also gonna use the millennial woman pro tip for me and my accessories now same for me too like listen i, I make a lot of what i wear but like every once in a while i get an email from zara and it's like 60 percent off and i go running you know <laughs> right that's so much there gunner thank you so much for coming on the podcast today i literally this is Really cool. I think we're kikiing. The next time I come to LA, we're going to like go get a drink. Yes, absolutely. Where can everybody find you and consume you? And like, do you have anything coming up that we can be looking forward to? Um, I am on TikTok and it's at Gunner Deathridge and it's Gunner with an A and it's my last name is just Death E Rage. That's an easy way to break it down. Uh, and then my Instagram is also the same. And those are really the only two channels that I want you to follow me on. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I do have things coming up. I am about to launch my clothing line that people can buy on TikTok. Um, although I tested it with masks and about had a stroke when I checked my email. So that's cute. Um, 
So yeah, I'm just trying to make sure that I have production that's like ethically lined up to make pay people a fair wage and cool environments to make my stuff. But yeah, I'm about to launch like a full fall collection, like capes and coats and jackets and sweaters and like men's or women's. Both unisex. I don't believe in sex. I don't believe in gender and clothing all the time. I love that. I love that so much. I do love a a good girly dress on my TikTok, but that's because my followers love a good girly dress. So let's be real. Let's be real. Well, Gunnar, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. You guys go give Gunnar a follow. Literally go on his TikTok and just scroll forever. You're going to be captivated. Like he, he, you're an artist and I really appreciate the art that you're putting out into the world. So thank you for making me smile and so many others too. I appreciate it. I'm glad you guys are enjoying my long hikes with my mannequin to get the shot. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Socialites, thank you so much for listening in to the Social Studies Podcast. I hope you enjoyed everything that Gunnar had to say. I'm going to go and like amp up my style so I don't have to look like a trash rat anymore. Go ahead and text me 1-313-251-1036. Text me the word pod. You'll go straight to my little podcast group so we can chat. We can kiki. I can give you free shit every now and then. You could write in with your questions. We'll do the damn thing. Thank you so much, you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Just accept it. Love ya. Try to catch me howling at the moon.